here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Welcome back once again to the Dharmic Evolution. It's so great to be with you guys once again. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sharing this show. And thanks for subscribing to this show. And if you haven't done so yet, go over to dharmicevolution.com on the website. You can sign up for your favorite platform right there. Check out all the artists that are on there, uh, their photos, their stories, their interviews, and their music. Also, I want to remind you, while you're on the page, check out the new format of Dharmic Rising Stars Spotify playlist. We just started our fourth playlist Are you on there yet? Is your music on there? If it is not, you need to reach out to me. And you can put your comments in on the website and let me know what song you would like to have featured on one of our playlists. And of course, you have to have been um, a Dharmic Evolution alumni, which means you must have had an interview with me at some point in the past. So looking forward to that. Let's get to our guest today. Yes, this young lady is going to be another Dharmic Rising Star alumni. She learned to lead worship and write her own songs from several worship pastors, including Corey Asbury, John Egan, and Jared Anderson. By the time she was 14, she was leading teams of musicians at the New Life Church, serving in their children and youth ministries. In high school and college, she traveled to other churches across America, leading worship and sharing her original songs. Currently residing in Nashville, Tennessee, she continues to write, produce, and release her own music, and she continues to lead worship at Ethos Church and is completing her degree in commercial music. She describes her sound as CCM, always with a hint of R&B. Her EP, Where Soul Meets the Sound, combines several musical genres to create her unique musical style. After releasing singles, Burn Every Ship, Gracious, and You, She began creating a full album, Be Human, that was released on July 3rd, 2020. You better strap up your seatbelts, because we're taking a ride today on the Dharmic Evolution from the Music City to the Music City to hang out with Natalie Lane. Natalie, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm so happy you're here. And... um, you're actually a neighbor of mine, not right now because I'm in New Jersey right now, but uh, I was oh, living wow. in, in, in Kingston Springs, Cheatham County, uh, uh, Tennessee, the last two years. So I'm in between places right now, but uh, what a great place. Franklin, I was there at least uh, once a week, and that's your home, right? Yeah. So, well, I live in Green Hills right now. Oh, okay. But I'm basically home for all the music stuff. Yes, I'm in Franklin almost every day, so... Yeah. yeah. So Franklin seems place. to be co- becoming the mini Nashville. And, you know, it's like the satellite Nashville or something. And yeah. I've met so many great people and so many have moved out of California and have moved to Franklin. It's like the hot spot, right? It's crazy. Yeah. A lot of musicians. I think that honestly, like the pandemic has kind of sent that on an express, you know, yeah. <laughs> route because everybody's working out of their homes now. And and homes are in Franklin, so. Yeah. 
Yeah. It um it was uh it was kind of been a feeding frenzy down there for real estate. People are moving from all over the country, coming to the Nashville yeah. area. And uh, it's such a good vibe. Um, I love the people, and it's inspired a lot of songwriting for me. Um, tell me about you growing up. Are you like a Nashville? Have you been there your whole life, or did you move recently? Tell us about where you came so, from originally. Yeah, totally. Um, I grew up my whole childhood in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So I'm a mountain girl at heart, you know. Um, but I moved to Nashville to go to college, to go to Belmont University. Um, so that's been five years ago now, about five years in Nashville. Um, and yeah, I honestly thought that I might move home or move somewhere else, but I just had to stay because I love the creative community here. And um, it's a perfect place for, for Christian music right now and for for all that stuff. So had to stay i'll be here yeah <laughs> you're a girl after my own heart i had that that difficulty that pull because you yeah. know it, when it comes to like beautiful places there's the shore and there's the sea which i love but man i love the mountains and the lakes and uh mm. you know it's tough that was the hard part for me is uh being you know nashville or the whole that part of tennessee is is relatively flat com especially compared to where you came from oh yeah <laughs> and, and oh, uh, yeah. so that you know, that makes going back so much sweeter, you know, but the trade-off is, right. like you say, um, having the blessing of music and people so focused on, you know, the greatest, you know, creative spirits uh, probably in the yeah. country, you know, that's just great. I agree. It's the best, but I miss home too. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you've been here for a while now. Belmont, what a great, right outside of Music yeah. Row. I mean, I, I drove past it almost every day when I was spending a lot of time um, on Music Row. So tell me, uh, how was the experience of going to that university and, you know, immersing yourself, I'm sure, in mm -hmm. musical projects and just soaking it all in? How was the experience for yeah. you? It was unbelievable. It was like better than I ever expected. And I had looked at so many schools by the time I chose Belmont um, and honestly never thought I'd end up in Nashville, which has been the perfect place too. But so I got to study piano and songwriting um, as my major and then my minor was theology. And so it was like everything that I loved encompassed in like the programs that I that I took. And, and man, it was just so cool to like be studying songwriting with these amazing professors who have, you know, have all the Grammys and they're just, <laughs> they're sitting in their office as they teach us or whatever. Um, and being with, you know, great songwriters, even in class that like, that set me up with a whole circle of co-writers to just have like these people in classes. And, um, but then also to be really involved in the school of music and like, ensembles and I played in jazz bands for several years and like the level of music that I got to be a part of was so cool and so I feel like I've really taken that with me um in so many ways in the, the songwriting and lyricism and that kind of perspective and then also in the like arranging and playing with with a band and um being able to yeah um arrange instruments and produce really well and like they just gave me all the skills so then I, I was ready to to go and use them all at the same time because that's, you know, the musician's life. You're not ever doing just one thing all the time. It's like hundreds of things, you know. Yeah. Um, 
but I feel I feel really well equipped in all those things and um, skills and relationships that came out of Belmont. I think I'll be working with those people for a long time, so that's exciting too. Um, yeah, that's what just I was the gonna, best equipping. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you about uh, relationships that stick after uh, college, and I'm sure. Yeah, as you said, you, you know, you've 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 built on those relationships, and it's probably led you to um, to other ones as well of other mm-hmm. people in the business. So tell me what is your fave um, when you're creating? Do you have a favorite part of the process? Whether it's Ooh. it's just coming up with like the genesis of the idea, you know, yeah. scribbling down notes, getting to pre-production, po- you know, mixing, like what, what part of it do you love the most? Man. Um, because you love it all funny, right? <laughs> i love it all i do um and that's how i knew i wanted to be an artist i was like i love every part of this process so yeah. maybe i should do this forever you know yeah um so but this is like a this is a cool time right now actually to to ask me this question because we just finished this record we, we put out an ep um and I love I love the very end stages of that, like getting the mix and master and like it just coming full circle and you seeing the work that like, um, you know, has impacted so many people that were involved in the process. And then just you're hoping that it will impact people um, as you release it. So that's really fun to see it come full circle. But then now we're kind of starting again and writing towards what's next and I love that part too, the genesis of the idea. And um, yeah, so many great co-writers that I get to write with. And there's just such an energy in the room when you're at the beginning. Like, and I think music is so amazing in that way because like we're creating out of thin air, you know, like so many other art forms use, use mediums and it's beautiful and there's, you know, paint and canvas and whatever, but we're pulling it out of the air, like literally the sound waves in the room. And so um, there's just an energy about that, that I really love. And I love walking away from the session, like with the demo. And usually I'll listen to it in my car that day or the next day or whatever. And that'll be the moment that I'll know, like, oh, this song is good. I want to record this. Or, like, this song is, we'll put in the pile, you know? Yeah. Um, So I love that whole first day, second day, like, with the song, getting to know the song. um, And just the energy behind that is so cool to me. So that's probably my favorite, but I don't dislike any part of the process so far. (laughs) So. So So let's give everybody a little taste here. And this is called Steady. Feeling shaky, like the ground beneath me is quaking And it's making my soul a little uneasy I need someone to lead me In the moments when my life feels broken Wanna control it and hold it all together I'm needing solid ground beneath my feet Make me steady with my eyes on you Lord, take my hand and lead me through your steady I won't worry 
Fire can't hurt me, fire can't burn me I am held forever in your hands Oh Lord, forever in your hands I am steady with my eyes on you Lord, take my hand and lead me through You're steady, every day you prove You are the rock that does not move When I'm weak and I stumble When my world starts to crumble Hold me steady Steady, what a great sound and a great song. Um, I was uh, actually rocking out to your stuff. I mean, I was bopping around the room before we came on, you know. Um, I love the energy that you capture in your music. It's really Thank just, you. it's so up, it's so positive, and it just has such a great feel to it. So, you know, let's let's continue on, on the path that we were just talking about and songwriting you know, it's, it seems to me like, you know, you start, like you said, with this tiny little nothing. It's like we're, we're squeezing these uh, sonic, you know, hummingbirds out of the air. <laughs> and, totally. and, and we're creating something like with nothing. And, and it's always, to me, it's always unrecognizable at the end. It never comes out the way I think it is, is supposed to come out. But I don't really know what that is anyway. So it's always a delightful yeah. surprise. <laughs> Every yeah. time, you know. So tell me about when you first got this one mixed um, and played it back. Uh, how did it feel? Mm, man, this song, <laughs> this song in particular went through a lot of stages. Um, a lot of stages of the mix. I remember, you know, being on the phone with my producer like several days in a row trying to get it right. Because we knew this song was like, it was a special one, you know, and we wanted to get it right. Um, and we wanted to capture that energy too, but some of the early stages of like the mix and, um, some of the production we had done earlier, we were like, we're, we're getting there, but it's not quite right. Like we really fought for this one. Um, so I think it, it made it even sweeter when, when we got to the final, um, and just listening back and hearing all the parts together and all the people that played on it and being like, yeah, like this, this captures exactly what it was supposed to. And what we hoped that it would, because Steady was actually a song that we wrote um, over Zoom during the first week of COVID stuff happening, um, just when we were needing something steady. And um, I think everybody was feeling that way. And so we wanted to capture that in the 
the recording and the mix and, and the master of like um there's you know there's something we're needing here and we're needing an energy behind it to express that um and so yeah so it felt so good by the time we got to the end because it was it was a long process but a really sweet one that um now i mean people are still relating with you know with the idea and and with the song and like you're saying bopping around to it and that's my favorite thing to hear so yeah who um who produced for you on this one yeah so jay spate has produced all of this last ep the last five songs um great job he's, he's awesome yeah and when can you take us into the studio and tell us um what your process was like um did you start with uh just uh, rough click tracks. How did you build the song? How did you get it from uh, from demo to what we're hearing now? Yeah, this this song in particular, um, I started it just on my guitar by myself, and I brought it into this Zoom, right? You know, <laughs> um, and kind of played it for Jay Spate was there, and then Ross King as well, who I I get to write a lot of songs with. Um, and yeah, they were like kind of listening to the different parts and they were like steady. That's, that's the hook, you know, steady, steady, steady. Um, and so, yeah, kind of building it out from there. I think we almost finished all of the lyrics over Zoom that first day. Um, and then I sent a rough um, piano track, vocal track to my producer. A lot of times I'll do that. I'll demo it out and then um, send it to Jay. And he he started building on it um and then we felt like it needed a bridge the bridge wasn't there yet and so we brought in a friend cooper bascom to come and uh help us with the bridge and that had ended up being our favorite part we added that later um <laughs> we were like does it need to be like a rap like what what should be in the bridge section like something like that and um that bridge section ended up like blowing up on tiktok several times and um so it's yeah it's kind of a funny process with that one but um by the time we got to the end of it we were able to be in the studio again together and um finish out the parts and and the mix and all the bgvs there's about there's like 40 tracks of bgvs on this song i think like and that's <laughs> that is typical for me they call it the natalie choir no, I was um. I was I was really struck by I love background vocals and and uh, you know that that stood out to me right away and that's yeah. the most polished thing anybody uh, as most of us musicians who tune into the show know that you know you really want to finish a song you know put in like really good background vocals it just kind of like mm -hmm. it just it's the polish you know on the on the rest of it so it totally. just so complements. Um, and I bet you have a ball doing that, right? <laughs> oh, it's like my favorite part. Yeah, yeah, I love that part. See, I knew I'd yeah. draw it out of you. You were gonna, you were gonna give oh, me your yeah. favorite part at some point. So know? okay, so. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's that. That is fun. We could do that forever. Like, yeah, for days. Yeah. yeah, that's and it's it's. I I ask these questions because um, there's never anybody that does anything. I don't think anywhere that has the same formulas. Like that's mm -hmm. what's so beautiful about songwriting and production is there's no right or wrong way to do anything, you know. And um, I yeah. remember when my my son was young, I, it was like all the fathers were supposed to, 
you know, come in and do a thing at the Cub Scouts. And I said, well, we're going to write a song. So I brought all my equipment. I brought my DX7, <laughs> my guitars, my bass. And they looked at me and they go, we don't know how to write a song. And I said, I don't either. I said, I make this up and I just say I do. And, and, and we ended up doing that. And they, awesome. they did a whole like rap thing together and they were dancing and all that. But it's, it's, it is kind of like that though. Even no matter where your skill set is, it's like you don't really need to know too much. As a matter of fact, I think you have more of an advantage um, if you just be very childlike and, and just let it come to you, you know, let, mm -hmm. let, let the process just come to you. So, yeah. uh, so that's I what I see so you too. doing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think actually it can be kind of dangerous if we're like the process has to be like this because yeah. it just limits so much of the creativity and, and so much of the fun of like, yeah. And childlikeness and discovery of it being like whatever it's going to be for that song. So yeah, I think that's a special part of it. So tell me about, um, I want to talk a bit, little bit about your family and growing up musically uh, with yeah. worship in your life, because I, I get a strong feeling that that's going on. Um, so <laughs> how were you influenced as a youngster? Did you sing in church at all? Or like, how did it go? Oh, for yeah. You? Yeah, I had a feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. So a couple things here. Um, my family is super musical. Um, my parents met in college in the orchestra. Um, so my mom sings and dad plays bass and trombone and, um, my, both my grandmas play piano. So like one of my grandmas was my piano teacher growing up. Um, and so my parents were super smart about this. They just like put a little keyboard at my level when I was like a baby, I was like so small. And so I would just plunk around, you know, on it and totally fell in love with piano, like as a toddler, like, who I don't know. They were just smart about it. They were like, just, you know, kind of let me discover it by myself. And I ended up yeah. falling in love with, with the piano and started taking lessons when I was three and played classical music and, um, and also learned to play by ear um, from my grandma, who's like still one of my most, you know, prominent musical influences because she watched me through all that growing up. Um, and then we went to a really awesome church um, where I actually started leading worship when I was about 12 um, <laughs> in like youth group stuff and, you know, kids church and, and all of that. Um, and just had really amazing mentors there. Um, my youth pastors growing up were like John Egan and Corey Asbury and Jared Anderson and these great people who like, I didn't know were like some of the most involved songwriters in, in the Christian and worship industry. Um, but getting to learn from them, lead with them and watch them like write songs and, and lead our congregation in them was like, so, so crazy. And something that I didn't know was such a gift until later, until I got to college and realized that's not everybody's experience, you know? Yeah. Um, so new life church in Colorado Springs was like, was a, a big place where I just got to grow. Um, so yeah, I sang there and then, you know, coming here to Nashville, I lead the church and that's just always been part of, um, part of the thing for me. I, I love leading worship. I think I'll always do that. Um, but I also learned to, to write songs in the church. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, that continues to influence the music that I make too. Are you, are you currently, uh, with the church now doing, doing, uh, leadership? Yeah, so I, I, I lead about you know 
a, a couple times a month at Ethos Church, um, right close to close to downtown Nashville. It's awesome church. Um, yeah, and I love being involved there. So excellent. There's so excellent. many great churches in Nashville. So uh, so your your web of influence is probably mm. uh, expanding exponentially as you uh, as you get you know more years under your belt um, between Belmont College you know worship uh, services yeah. leadership all of that and um, it does this have I know it has an influence on you um, but are you doing specifically um, Christian music only? Um, or do you also do secular music? Like, where is your focus uh, primarily? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, I mean, I've done some of both, you know. Um, I would say that, like, my my home is, like, the gospel thing, you yeah. know. Um, but I'm, I'm really influenced, too, by artists like Sarah Bareilles and John Mayer and that kind of a style. Um, yeah. And so I kind of, I want my music to sound like that but like be about God, you know? Right. Um, so I think, yeah, we're leaning more into the bluesy gospel thing. I just, I want it to be cool. And also like to have, to have these things that I've grown up on and really my, all my music is um, kind of a compilation of everything I grew up on um, with, you know, my dad introduced me to, to like earth, wind and fire in Chicago. Nice. And these great bands that, you know, um, yeah. that I also didn't realize till later had influenced me in the like funk, blues, jazz, like rock world. Um, so I think all of that comes to play a little bit in my music, but it's more of a stylistic thing than maybe a lyric thing. Yeah. Um, so bringing those together. Do you find that um, I've had this experience just lately, but um, sometimes you write a song and you, it doesn't really reveal the truth of the song until later. And I'll just give you a quick example. I wrote a song called Speak to Me, and it was, it was about a man and a woman who met and just didn't even have a conversation, a verbal conversation. They just spent like 20 minutes together. And so I wrote the song about that. But then after I, like six months, I'm listening to it like six months later after it's all mixed and mastered, and I said, wait a minute, that, that was really... <laughs> God, I yeah. speak to me was all about, and so he 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 sometimes he just slides one in there on you when when you're not yeah. even aware, and you're like so. I guess we get hyper focused or something, you know, on like what yeah. we're doing, and we don't really recognize the uh, the benefit of of like hindsight and say, wait a minute, now yeah. this is. <laughs> so do you find <laughs> that like you wake up, you have an epiphany suddenly, and you know, or is it always that? The Holy Spirit is talking to me and, and telling me, or is it a combination of both? Yeah, I think it could be either, you know. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing. The process always looks different, but um, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's like, okay, I know, like, I want to write about this thing about God, or like, this is for the church, like, this is for my church, like, I know the Spirit is giving me this, um, but sometimes it's just like, man, like, this story seems really cool, or like, this melody is cool. This is the progression, you know? And cause I do, I, I write secular music too, but a lot of times it ends up being like, Oh no, this is, you know, this right. is all of it's, it all relates back to the Lord. And I think we always find that, but um, yeah, I think there's, there's different ways that it could go. It could go per song, but it's so fun. 
it's it really fun to is. look back like you're saying yeah yeah don't mind the uh the snowblower outside of my door i'm so sorry it's so loud here <laughs> the, I, I never schedule uh, interviews on this day because they're cutting the grass, but uh, but but that's oh. okay. For some reason, we, we ended up on this day, but that's all right. We'll deal with it. So I think it's, it's good. a good time to play your video now, and this one is called Something Good. So for you folks who um, who can't see this, just enjoy Something Good. Like winter before the spring When you do a brand new thing It's like night before the morning You turn morning into dancing You're restoring me Nothing stands in your way You're
Something good, really awesome. It looks like the whole family, you had everybody in there on this one. Everybody. So it looks like you had a blast shooting this video. Yeah. And, and I know that the title makes the song, you know, kind of self-evident, but, but tell us about what was going through your mind when you first came up with this and and mm -hmm. was it, it i'm sure it was a response to something but tell us the story about the story totally yeah um we always when we sit down to write we always try to think about you know what what is going on in our own hearts what like we're needing but also what we see the world needing you know um and we had just come off of writing all these songs you know, steady and constant and like, we just need something to hang on to. Um, and so this something good was like one of, I think one of our first rights back in the studio together. And it was like, just so hopeful and exciting. And um, I just, I just said to the guys, I was like, you know, I just feel like it's just, there's a simplicity to like saying something good is coming. Um, and we all feel this like hope in the air, but I think people are really needing that right now. Um, and they were like, yeah, they're like, why does it need to be more complicated than that? You know? Um, so we just wrote a really simple chorus that, um, Phoebe and I had started in my living room. Um, and then we brought it in and, and finished it up in the studio, but it just like going forward from there, I was like, this is one of the most like relatable things I think to people right now and um, so it was cool to see like the progression of singles we released kind of reflected um, exactly what we were going through what the world was going through um, so it's cool to look back and see the story told kind of in order through those singles but that's where we were at at that point um, several months ago now so it was it's very very good timing because you're right the we are in such dire need of hope right now with yeah. everywhere we turn there's another nightmare happening it seems like so um it's 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 a bit much for people so anything yeah. that we can do it's it's almost like we're being challenged as artists to do exactly what what you're doing is um you mm -hmm. know bring hope and inspiration you know back to people to uh to have something to look forward to yeah, um, can I ask you about your, um, well, first I want to ask you about writing uh, and co-writing. Now, uh, yeah. I met, was lucky enough to meet Phoebe at the outset of this. I uh, <laughs> hope she makes the edit, but but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, but yeah, but do you have a, do you have like a circle of people that you have different ideas to go to, to bring to, to say, you know, I think this person would be good for that song? Or do you just kind of schedule writing sessions um, uh, with a bunch of different people and just see what happens? Mm -hmm. Yes. So we'll usually schedule them first, but then what I, what I bring into that right totally depends on the people that are there. Um, and I usually do. As the artist, I'll usually bring something in. I feel like going in cold is kind of seems to be less productive. So I try to bring something that like, I know those people will be good at. Um, like for example, Phoebe is a really good lyricist and she will paint you a picture. She'll give you, you know, 10 options for that line that, you know, I'll feel good, but it's, it's whatever you want that picture to be. So if I need something specifically, um, kind of skillful lyric writing, I'll bring that to Phoebe. Um, and I have, yeah, I have people on my team that write with me a lot that I, I really know their skill set. So 
Phoebe and Jay, Ross, um, and Cooper, who I think have all mentioned. Cooper is also a great example. He he writes a lot of pop stuff and also a lot of country stuff. So he he knows how to write a hook and he'll make it feel really good, you know. So rhythmically I lean on him. And so there's like there's different skill sets that I think it's good to write with the same people a lot because you grow to really know them. Um, and these people are just so into the process with me and into the journey at this point that it's like, you know, they're here to write anything. They're like, they're ready. And so I love to have people that are super involved and then we'll bring in, you know, other writers too and learn their skill sets as we go. But, um, I'm really, I'm grateful to have a consistent team that really gets what I'm going for too and can bring their skills to the table. So just like a chef yeah. that owns a restaurant, you're the head chef and you bring in all these other other chefs and this is what you come up with, this beautiful elixir. <laughs> yeah, you hope so, right? Yeah. So um, I also want to talk to you, Natalie, about um, your day-to-day work habits. Like, I find this fascinating because it's something I've been a fan of for, for so many years as far as um, how do you regiment your day? Do you use a vision board? Do you use the clock? Are you real scheduled? Um, how do you fit everything into your day? And what are the most, um, uh, I guess, the most um, appreciated assets you have that help you get your creativity done? By that mean, it's like you look at the end of a week and say, all right, you know, what got done. I do this all the time with, you know, I'm checking things off and I'm saying, and prioritizing everything. So I'd be yeah. interested to know, and not just for my own benefit, but for those out there who who are challenged with this all the time, especially musicians, they are challenged all yeah. the time with organization. <laughs> so you come across to me as very organized and I can see it by the way, you, the way you produce things and get things done. So um, share with us, how do you do it all? <laughs> <laughs> That's very kind. I don't do it all is the first thing. Right. I have lots of people that help me with all of this. But um, no, I love to talk about this kind of thing because I just think it's so important to, especially for creatives, to do this schedule in a really healthy way. I think it's very easy to get into just unhealthy habits or um just in general like i think that like your mental space is a big part of it and like where you are emotionally because music is such an emotional creative effort you know like we have to be in a good place to do our best work and so that's become really valuable to me to create a schedule that is conducive to my work to my creativity too um and leaving space for that so i mean one of the crazy things is that every day looks so different. Um, and sometimes I wish that like it was a better scheduled, you know, like I look at people that have a nine to five job and I'm like, that seems so like a simple schedule. That would be nice. You know, yeah. we don't get that. It's no, not even close. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I find that I have to be um, just really, really cautious about first of all, like how, how much of my schedule is full and leaving some space and, and pockets for creativity um, just on my own time too. But I find that, you know, the little things go a long way, even 
with getting enough sleep and a good breakfast before you head off to the studio so or important whatever yeah. like stuff like that and drinking enough water and like i mean just healthy human things you know um all of that and then and then keeping a good schedule i'm a list person you know i like to make my list for for the week um or for the day or whatever and and add things to it as i go because it's super easy to miss miss an email or miss a you know yeah whatever so i try and put it on my list you know and then eventually it gets done because it's on the list even if it wasn't today you know um but i also i have a really great manager that helps me not miss things (laughs) and um and yeah and helps me stay healthy too and knows healthy boundaries and and with that too like looking at a a weekly schedule and saying okay if i could have one day of rest that would be awesome um and shooting for four full days to just rest every month um is like a big deal and i think that not enough people just totally unplug for like a day so i try to do that and that makes my other six days way more productive too um do you take so um, all those rhythms do you take sundays off I try to or, do Sundays, yeah, yeah but yeah, it doesn't but, always work that way. Right. Sometimes, Sometimes you I have can. to look yeah. at the calendar and pick a Wednesday or whatever. Right. It's yeah. always there, and that's the goal. The rest is, is so important. I, I mean, I've done a lot of studying on this and, and read a lot of research on this, and I never realized, you know, I used to be like a five, six hour, and, and I'm trying always to get eight hours of sleep now because they say it really takes it off the back end of your life like there's all these studies it's pretty scary yeah. actually you know yeah and uh so I'm, I'm behaving in that respect how about journaling and vision boards do you mm. do either of those i do journal yes yeah yeah okay not every day um right. even if it's just once a week i feel like getting my thoughts onto paper it in a weird way does get them out of your brain and like yeah. it's it's kind of weird how that works but I usually do that in pairing, like with I'm when I'm reading my Bible, and then I journal, um, and that's just a really good, like, very life giving time that that helps me so much. So yeah, for those out there who are listening who have never journaled, it's there's something so fascinating, uh, as Natalie just said about like it's almost like it's very mysterious and sort of magical. Like you, <laughs> and I've been doing it for so many years and and i'll every once in a while flip back like a couple of years and yeah i'll look and i'll i'll look at all the things i i identify that i want to accomplish and without even mm-hmm. thinking about it like 80 percent of them have been done and i'm on to the next yeah. things and, and some there's something about moving that pen on a paper you know <laughs> and cementing cementing and cementing it into your mind yeah so um, let's ask let's ask you about exercise and just having fun. Ooh. Like, what do you like to do? Not necessarily exercising, but like like downtime when you need to just break sure. away from music. Like, what are your joys to be just doing? Like, you look like like an outdoor person, obviously, right? Yes. So so give <laughs> share share some of your <clears throat> best moments. Yeah. I do love the outdoors. I love to hike. I love to hammock with my friends. You know. Um, in the summer, I love to swim. Uh, one of my, yeah, like exercise day to day. And this is like a de-stressing thing too. I love to do yoga. Um, and I, I like to do it by myself, just like yoga and stretching. And like, that's like, I don't know, 
that releases a lot of tension for me. So I try to notice when I need that and, and do that often. Um, so I, I love a lot of those things, but I feel like that just getting outside, getting me out of, you know, studios are, are dark rooms with <laughs> yes four walls that, you know, um, so getting outside has been a big thing for me. Um, but as far as other hobbies, like I love baking so much. It's almost October, which means that it'll be baketober for me. All right. I, I take a whole weekend and I bake all the pumpkin things. Um, super fun. My friends come over and stuff themselves with cookies and muffins um, and pie. Um, so I like to do that and watch movies with my friends and room roommates and yeah so that, you, you probably uh, reading i love to read too oh okay yeah, yeah of course that's no surprise Big reader. Right? yeah <laughs> um <laughs> so you must you must do the baking thing also around thanksgiving too right oh yeah yeah that's, i try to that's awesome and by the way the yoga it's I've, I've been a fan for i've been a yogi for 15 at least 15 <laughs> years hot yoga hot yoga but then yeah, i had to dude. stop because of the pandemic so yeah. my fiance is a runner who's done all the marathons multiple times. So I became a runner <laughs> because I said, I'm nice. not going to sit around and wait for this to be over, you know? Yeah. So do you um, enjoy it? Do you I, enjoy running? I, yet? No, no. I, I hate the first mile, <laughs> but after <laughs> that, um, I'm like, I'm, I hate running, but love having run. <laughs> it's like, sure. at the yeah. end, it's like, and I, I keep asking her, I go, is it like this all the time? She goes, yeah, the first mile is just like, <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a slow starter, but once I get going, I have, you know, stamina. Like I'm that way with singing. Like sure. I'll, the first, you know, I'm a little slow to warm up, but then I can go all night longest. But, uh, yeah. but I think it's just good to do something. Like it doesn't, you don't have to do anything like crazy but i think everybody has to find something that they enjoy and like to do mm. and uh, i think it just is an overall health benefit for everybody you know yeah i think stuff like that too people are like i need an hour or two hours to do that and i don't have that much time yeah that's not true like, no like you can do something in five minutes that will totally change the rest of your day yeah so, yeah, I do. I do remember. like you know stomachs and push up type things. Like it's a, it's a ten minute thing every day, and it take it's takes yeah. nothing. You know, really, it's easy to do, but you yeah. just have to have, like you said, getting back to um, personal habits that make you strong and make you mm -hmm. resilient. You have to do them. You know, you just have to. Yeah. You can't just talk about them or write them down. You got to do them. You got to get in there and do it. So you have. To so as it. we're yeah. getting to the end, Natalie, I would like to um, first of all, I'm going to put all of your links in the show notes. I know you're really big on TikTok and Instagram, and I saw all your links. Um, having a ball with that TikTok, are you? I'm having a blast. Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning, it was stressful. You yeah. know. And now I'm just like, man, we get to make music. This is fun. Yeah, yeah. that is awesome. That's really great. Um, as you're just looking out towards uh, into the, this year is wrapping up so quickly, but into next year, um, what are your, your goals, your aspirations? Um, what are you looking forward to the most in your life? Like in a general area, um, doesn't have to be anything specific. Um, sure. So I'd like you to share that. And also, if you would... Um, give any advice to some of the up-and-coming uh, young singer-songwriters out there who are struggling mm -hmm. and trying, who are talented, but get frustrated and get sidetracked. So if you could just address those yeah. couple of things, that would be awesome. Totally. 
yeah, so looking forward to this next year, which is approaching way too fast, first of all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to this season of new songs. Like that's, like I said, one of my favorite parts is to find the new songs. And so um, looking forward to a lot of new music. Um, and then all the shows coming up, I'm getting to getting to open for some really awesome people, um, getting to, to have some shows and meet new friends too. And um, I, I love playing with my band, playing live. And um, so there's a lot of shows coming up and some tour touring happening. So I'm excited for that. Um, and then, yeah, just any, any advice, man. I always think about if I could go back and talk to myself in like at the beginning of college, maybe that would be like the time I would, <laughs> I would need some, somebody to just tell me to just like chill out because it's going to be, it's going to be okay. It's going to work out fine. It's going to take some time, um, probably more years than you think. Um, but if you stick it out, if you stick it out, things, things will work out and you'll meet your people and, um, and find your way. But yeah, I would say that that's, that's a big thing in the music industry too, is people come in and think, you know, this will happen for me in a year if I'm talented or whatever. And talent's like a really small part of it. Yeah, I think you're right. A bigger part of it is the um, diligence to work hard on your skill and your craft over a long period of time. Um, And if you really want to do this, then you'll stay as long as it takes and you'll, um, you know, work hard for for 20 years until it happens or whatever but and i don't even know what it is like success is just making music right now you know yeah um so i think i think yeah i would have liked to be more just in the moment when i was just starting because this is like one of the most wonderful and magical things we could ever do and so i'm still caught up in that and and i love it so um yeah stick it out for the long haul because it's worth it great very very good um natalie lane really appreciate you thank you so much for coming by and sharing your music your stories uh all of your your good charm and your goodwill and we really appreciate you and i just want to wish all of god's blessings on you your music and your family moving forward thank you thank you absolutely Hey, you guys, thank you again for supporting Indie Music Worldwide. Please support Natalie. Check out the show notes. All her links to everything Natalie are in the show notes. And it's always a pleasure to hang with you guys. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? If wishes were windows, I'd open one and find That freedom is really a simple state of mind So ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, baby, baby
Pictures in your mind. I'll take you places 